Thank you, Naomi and Bethany. Yeah, it's uh, sad news about Alan. Sad news for the family, sad news for us, but for Alan, whatever celebrations we're having this Christmas, there'll be nothing compared to the celebration he's having. And uh, yeah, what a great man of faith, what a great man of God. And you know, I can just imagine him in those latter days just looking forward so much to being in the presence of his Lord who, who meant so much to him. Amen. Well, Christmas, yeah, is upon us. It's upon us. The crazy season. People stocking up on the medication, the uh, headache tablets, the indigestion tablets for the, uh, all that food we'll be eating and the treats, yeah, ready for January the 1st when we stand on those scales, yeah, and we look down and on, on the reading and it says, one person at a time, please, yeah. <laughs> Parents remortgaging their homes to buy the kids the presents. And then there's uh, the Christmas shopping, the Christmas shopping, and the Christmas traffic. Don't you just love it? Being on a car park, driving around, just blessing the other drivers <laughs> and the pedestrians walking in front of you. Yeah. And going into the shop and with your suit of armor on. And queuing up, queuing up. Um, you know, you go in clean shaven and you get served and you got a big beard. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully not you, Jessica, no. <laughs> but, um, and even when you get to the, the checkout, there's always a problem, always a problem. I bought a fairy for the tree and the checkout lady noticed that the wand was missing. So she put it over the tannoy. Sandra, can you come to checkout number three? There's a fairy that needs a wand. <laughs> and I see people looking at me. <laughs> it's the toy, the toy. Trying to look as butch as I could. <sighs> and then there's a the Christmas music we can enjoy from... 1st of November, yeah, in all the shops. <laughs> I don't know if there's any shop workers here, but uh, I know someone who works in Argos, and by the end of the day, he's going, please stop, make it stop. And there's the Christmas cards, of course, yeah, all those Christmas cards to write, and oh, not, not... Christmas cards, you know, grumble, grumble. Merry Christmas, grumble, grumble, grumble. <laughs> you got to do it because they bought you one, yeah? But there's things we can look forward to, like the Christmas TV, which you're all looking forward to, the 1982 Morecambe and Wise Christmas special, yeah? <laughs> And the children in the, in the shopping centres queuing up to see Father Christmas. That's always nice. I did see a, a group, though, of uh, 
dyslexic children queuing up to see Father Christmas, and these dyslexic children looked terrified as they looked up and read, Satan's Grotto. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> but yeah, and, and seeing the children opening the presents, wonderful. And giving and receiving presents, yeah, the, the, the word says it's more blessed to give than to receive, so... I'm going to let you all give me a present so you'll be greatly blessed. But through all this kind of stuff, if we look through it all, I may be hidden in a corner, out of the way, unnoticed. We see a stable with a baby in a manger, the hope of the world, the hope of all mankind. Now, there are lots of enjoyable things about Christmas. I know I've been a bit uh, cynical there, but <laughs> the most important thing, I don't know preaching to the converted, really, here, but it's, it's Christ. Christmas, Christmas, the clues in the name, yeah. And uh, what I've shared is really a, an introduction to, with all this other stuff, which, you know, we enjoy lots of it, yeah? It's just like the tinsel, the real thing. The core is Jesus, is Christ coming to the earth to, to grow, to die on the cross for our sins, to rise again to destroy death. Last week, uh, Jessica gave a, a great word on Jesus, the living word and light, because that is what he is. And I've been asked this, asked this morning to speak on witnesses to the living word and light. Because in this holiday season, that's what we are to be. Our people are singing, promoting, you know, you see the adverts, promoting all this other stuff. We're called to promote and to witness about the true meaning, about the living word and light, who is Jesus. So I just want to start off with some biblical examples. First of all is we've got John the Baptist. In John chapter 1, it says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So John the Baptist came as a witness to the light. He was not the light. He came as a witness to the light. You know, one thing I do enjoy about Christmas is seeing all these houses all lit up. You know, and some people really go to town. And uh, it saves you going to Blackpool Illuminations. So, which is good. And John came as a witness to the light, the light. Jesus, the light of the world. And what a powerful light that must be. If it's for the whole world, if it's for the whole world, what a powerful light. I love the verse in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2, where it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. 
on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And the, the Old Testament speaks about Jesus coming. Yeah, Naomi mentioned this morning about uh, a child, unto us a son is given, unto us a child is born. And I think Jessica mentioned last week about in, in Isaiah 7, 14, that the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with birth, with child, will give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then um, we have Simeon and Anna in the, in the, who were in the temple, praying, fasting, worshipping God, and Laura shared last week about them. So just to say, really, that they, they recognised after that period of silence that Laura mentioned that he was the Messiah, he was the King, he was the light of the world, and they witnessed concerning that. They recognised and they witnessed. Then we have, we have the shepherds. We have the shepherds, and I'm just going to read the scriptures. I'm not put them up on the screen, but uh, I think it's something we're quite familiar with from Luke chapter 2, from verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So the shepherds are out there looking after the sheep, looking out for predators, people who might take the sheep. And... I don't know, at this particular moment, they were all together. I don't know if it was tea break time or what. So they came together. And they were like, how do, lads? How do? Sit thee down, lad. Hey, I'm spitting feathers. Put kettle on, will you? Make us a brew, will you? But then the angel of the Lord appeared. The angel of the Lord. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. And this was just one angel, one angel. And they were terrified. It's like the glory of heaven, just a little gap in the curtain was opened there. You know, you might see a curtain and it's open a little bit. But it flooded around them and they were terrified. But then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. How many times in the word does God have to say, do not be afraid, do not fear? And maybe that's a word for you this morning. You've got something coming up you're worried about, you're anxious about. God says, do not be afraid. You're in my hands. I won't drop you. Then he went on, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And this was the greatest news anyone could ever hear because it is eternal good news. We will hear good news throughout our lives, won't we? But this is good news that lasts through eternity. It lasts through eternity. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel. And it was almost as if this were planned. You know, they thought, well, we can't, they can't handle all of us at once. Let's just send one first. Let the eyes get adjusted. And then the full choir came out. The full choir. I don't know what the people in the town thought, you know, as they looked upon the hill. Is it a U2 concert going on or something? And they were praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. You know, sometimes you hear people say, you know, where's, where's this peace on earth that he promised? Where is it? We can't see it. But he doesn't say that. He <clears throat> says, peace on earth to those on whom his favour rests. Whom does his favour rest on? Those who open their hearts to receive him, to receive his peace, so that we might have his peace in this world. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They responded. This message was from God and they responded. And that's what we need to do when God speaks. Respond to him. You know, they didn't say, well, all right, that were a good light show. Let's go and have that cuppa now. No. They responded. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told, told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They spread the word. They spread the word. They were witnesses to the living word and light. They didn't keep it to themselves. They spread it. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. They were witnesses to the living word and light. And you know, we have been called to be witnesses to the living word and light. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I'm so glad there that happened. It was spread. People shared it with others. Who shared it with others? who shared it with others. And throughout the ages, it was shared until it came down to us eventually. Someone shared it with us. It's brilliant. And today there are two point something billion Christians in the world. The message has been shared. And we are called also to share it, to be witnesses to this living word and light. So... What does it look like? How do we go about it? Just there. Some thoughts. First of all, we witness with our lives. We witness through our lives. The way we live can be a witness to that living word and light. And it's not just the absence of 
negatives like you know you don't swear and you don't evade the laws of the land or do bad things be mean horrible it's not just the absence of those but it's positive things that helping hand that listening ear that going out of the way the extra mile for people it's a great witness to the living word and light in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1 Paul says follow my example as I follow the example of Christ that's very challenging that can we say that follow my example yeah sometimes we can be too aware of our faults to say that but we are called to be Jesus on earth we are called to be his hands his feet his voice on this earth to be that witness and you know a good place to be a witness is when we're going through hard times hard times and we all go through hard times don't we but still having that faith and trust that joy of the Lord even in the midst of hard times what a witness that can be what a witness you know I don't understand you're going through this yeah, and you've still got a peace. It's beyond understanding. It's a peace that passes understanding. And it's a great witness, and people can see and recognize the Lord. And it, uh, that verse comes to mind from Habakkuk chapter 3, 17 18. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Saviour. Always reminds me of the lockdown. That Though there be no toilet rolls on the shelves. Yeah. <laughs> but it's saying, when things are bad, I will still rejoice in the Lord. And I don't stand here and say that glibly because I know it, how tough it can be when you're going through difficult things. <coughs> but God says, do not fear. I am with you. And I need to hear that sometimes. But be having that faith in him, that joy, that peace in him as we go through hard times, we're a witness to the living word and light. Jesus said, I am the lights of the world. And he also said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. That is his light in us, shining. So may our lives be those witnesses to the living word and light. We're also called to witness with our words. Yeah? The things we say. In Acts chapter 11, 19, forward. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. 
So as this persecution, but through it, the word of God spread. People were witnesses. They didn't say, oh, we better not talk about it. We'll be in trouble. No, they spread. It was good news, you see. Good news of great joy. We all like to give good news, don't we? Well, this is great news. News of great joy. And we have all experienced it. Most of us here have experienced that relationship with God that gives us faith, hope, joy, peace, comfort, strength. And it's something to proclaim, something to shout out about, something to witness to. Yet so often we are reluctant to do so. So often I am reluctant to do so. Why? Well, I think the main reason is we, we care too much about what people think of us. We don't want people to think we're, we're strange or odd. You know, John gave a great word the other week about blessed are the persecuted. And, you know, he brought those figures from open doors and showed how people throughout the world are just persecuted for their faith, killed, imprisoned, all terrible things done to them because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, when we think of ourselves and the persecution we undergo, if their persecution is like an elephant, our persecution is like a flea bite on that elephant. <laughs> so the most, for most of us, the full extent of our persecution is just perhaps people thinking we're foolish, naive, strange, odd because of our faith. But you know, it is, it is getting worse. Um, the Vienna-based Observatory of Intolerance Against Christians in Europe Amongst other things, it revealed the UK as the country in Europe with the most cases of legal prosecutions for alleged hate speech involving Christians. And when it says hate speech, hate speech, what it means is, you know, preaching what's in here, declaring the word of God. And it's termed as hate speech by many. And... Another form of persecution, mainly I think this is mostly at universities and that, is uh, non-platforming, where people can have these forums and they can speak about nearly everything under the earth. But once you start speaking about Christianity and what the Word of God says, well, it's hate speech. You can't speak. And I, it seems to me the Christian faith is the only one you can criticise in this country. You know, try it with other faiths. And the name of Jesus seems to be the only one you can use as a swear word. <coughs> try using someone else. Yeah, and see what happens from other faith. See what happens. I suppose another uh, form of persecution which might come in is if you've got a boss who just hates Christianity, hates born-again Christians. I might, uh, through that, not want you to be uh, promoted or something. And John used this verse, Matthew 5, 11, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. 
For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. When you look at that, we should be saying really, um, please insult me. Please falsely say evil against me because I'll get these great rewards in heaven. So we are to witness to the living word and light through our words. But you know, we have to experience what we're going to share. We have to experience it. And that's by spending time in that secret place with God, abiding in the vine, so that the fruit of the spirits may be seen in our lives. We have to experience it before we can tell it. Now, just some, uh, some points. Hey, I've got another main point, David, if you can put the next one, which I'm going to save till the last, but just some points there. First of all, pray for opportunities to share. You know, in a good way, in a good way. You know, I'm not talking about, you know, your neighbour says, you know what, I say £20 shopping in Lidl rather than Asda. And you say, hmm, do you know Jesus also saves? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's trying to force it in there, yeah. Not natural. Pray for opportunities. Uh, Ephesians 5 and verse 16 says, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Let's pray for those opportunities. You know, sometimes I don't want the opportunities, if I'm honest. I just want to go out, have a nice coffee. I don't want to meet that bloke that I met, you know, I used to work with, you know, and have to talk about my faith. You know, I just want to enjoy this coffee. (laughs) But we have to pray for opportunities. And then we need to be, the next point is, be ready. Be prepared for when those opportunities arise. Ephesians 6, 15, it says, and with your feet, it's talking about the armour of God, and this is part of it, with your feet, fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Your feet fitted with the readiness, ready, ready to share. You know, because we don't know, we don't know when these opportunities are going to come up. Usually it's when we least expect it. So let's be ready. You know, I'm talking to myself there because so often I've, met people, had encounters, and afterwards I thought, oh, I should have said this, I should have said that, or I shouldn't have said this. <laughs> Let's be ready. Let's be ready. 2 Peter chapter 3, 15 says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. So always be ready, ready to give that answer. Know what you believe. Know what you believe. Read the word of God. Get into the word of God. So you're ready to give that answer. Pray for opportunities. Be prepared. And then share your story. Share your story. 
Your story has great power. It has great power. You know, some people will, will come and uh, they might bamboozle you with all their intellect or their arguments. But what they can't argue about is your story. That I was like this. I encountered Jesus. And now I'm like this. Now I'm like this. It's your story. Basically, it's what the, the blind man said in the temple after Jesus healed him. Well, I don't know. All I know is, he said, I was blind, but now I see. I was blind, but now I see. In John four thirty nine, Jesus, after uh, encountering the woman at the well, it says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him, because of the woman's testimony, because she shared her story, because she gave, she witnessed to the living word and light. And finally, finally, and this is one of the three main points, and it's something we perhaps don't always use. It's uh, signs and wonders, signs and wonders. And if we read the word of God, I've got like three, three verses here. Acts 14, 3. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. He confirmed the message by signs and wonders. In 1 Corinthians 2, 4. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So as you're sharing, you might feel you've not got those words. Yeah, Paul said, what, what I brought was not with persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And in Galatians 3, verse 5, so again I ask, does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? So this was the church in Galatia. They were seeing miracles amongst them. And it involves stepping out in faith. And it's for us as well. It's for us. And we need to increase our faith. Increase our faith. Like the disciples asked Jesus. How can we do that? Well, by spending that time with him who is the living word. The word of God you know, he is the Logos. He, the, the Bible, it's, it's a supernatural book. Yeah, it's not a dry book. It speaks to you. It inspires you. It encourages you. And these verses, when I read them, it inspires me and reminds me. God reminds me that these things happen. And we need to be in that atmosphere of faith. Yeah. That's why it's so important as, as believers, as brothers and sisters, we encourage each other. Encourage each other in, in this aspect as well, that God is the God who performs miracles. You know, and, and sometimes, let's, let's be honest, sometimes as Christians, we're not too uh, encouraging in the faith. Yeah? You know, it can be like, oh, I've got an inner ear infection. Oh, my auntie had that. She died. 
And if you have, don't worry, you won't die of it. Yeah. This is an example. But we need to have this atmosphere of faith, encouraging, encouraging each other in faith and in what the Word of God tells us so that we can step out, we can witness with God confirming his word through signs and wonders. And so just to conclude, we are called to be witnesses to the living word and light. Through our lives, through our words, pray for opportunities. Be prepared to take those opportunities. Be ready with your story, that precious story of what God has done in your life. And then let God confirm his word through those signs and wonders which involves stepping out. And I just want to finish with this verse from Romans 1, 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. You know, we, we haven't got that power. We haven't got it. It's in there. The power's in jars of clay to show that it's all surpassing power. is not from us, but from God. It's from God. And it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes this good news. Let's be witnesses to the living word and light. Let's just pray. Lord, we just thank you for this good news of great joy. We thank you for the living word, the light of the world. We thank you for coming to this earth to shine in the darkness. We thank you for the, the light which has illuminated our lives that you have given us Lord, that love, the joy, the peace, that purpose in life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that I, my, I myself and my brothers and sisters, Lord, that you will help us, Lord, that our lives might proclaim you, that our words might proclaim you, Lord, just remind us to pray for those opportunities and help us to be prepared to take those opportunities. We thank you, Lord, for the story you've given each one of us of how you've, we've had that encounter with you and how you've changed us, Lord. And we're living that best possible life now, knowing you. And Lord, help us to be those who step out in faith, standing on your word, that you may confirm your word with all signs following. Yeah, help us, Lord, to be those who are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but to declare it, to be witnesses to it. Your word says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. 
And I just pray, Lord, that we, Lord, might be sent out into that harvest field to find those people of peace, those people who are ready to receive the good seed, those people who are receptive and open and ready to know that joy, know that peace, know that presence of God in their lives. And perhaps there's some today who've not experienced it. And today, just ask God to come in, to let his light dawn upon you, to shine that you might have that life, that joyous life which he he has for each one of us. Amen. Amen. Thank you.